0: Welcome once again, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast. Hope you had a happy Easter. Unless you're Greek Orthodox like me, then you didn't have a happy Easter. You're waiting another month. You're knee-deep in Lent. So enjoy your happy Lent. So thanks for tuning us in here at the Baseball America podcast, along with Aaron Fitt. I'm the aforementioned Greek Orthodox John Manuel. Thanks for downloading us at iTunes or at BaseballAmerica.com. We apologize for not having a uh, podcast last uh, weekend. We took that off for... Easter and uh, Good Friday and all that uh, hoy hoy. But uh, now we're back with our weekly college podcast. And Aaron, as I shuffle my papers, to indicate another eventful weekend in college baseball. Uh, We don't have a new number one team, but some movement in the top five. A lot of eventful series. We also have emails into the Baseball America podcast inbox, which is podcast at baseballamerica.com. We'll get to those soon. But let's talk about the series that reshaped the top five. Arizona State takes its first loss. Shockingly, it's to northern Colorado. I don't think anyone saw that coming. But I also don't think anyone saw uh, coming a couple of other series, especially preseason. I don't think, Aaron, we would have predicted Missouri going to Baylor and holding Baylor to two runs on the weekend. And we certainly would not have predicted Long Beach State sweeping UCLA. Let's pick one of those two series and wax eloquent about why Missouri and Long Beach State vault up to 2-5 and five in our rankings.
1: Well, I mean, Missouri, first of all, I should correct you, John. There was a home series for the Tigers. I'm sorry. Thank you. But, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean they're just really impressive. I mean Missouri has been uh, every bit as good as we thought they would be uh, because of the pitching, like we like we expected. I mean their offense is uh, is not exceptional, but they're they're scoring enough runs to win. And, and you know this weekend they scored 12 runs uh, and, and run ruled uh, Baylor on on Sunday. So uh, really, I mean Missouri is, is just that pitching staff is is really really something special and it starts with Aaron Crow. they've been uh, as advertised it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive and Baylor's a really good club i think Baylor's probably a little bit better offensively than Missouri at least on paper um, but their pitching just isn't nearly as good and, and that i think was what happened this weekend so uh, and Baylor
0: can, pitch. This, can is little, pitch this is a this is a, a program that's known for pitching they've got big time arms and guys like Sean Tallison and Kendall Valls, and i'm just scratching the surface they have uh, you know, is a retro freshman, but all certainly went through some of the Big 12 ringer last year as a freshman. This is a talented team. Uh, so it's I, surprising to see them get dominated like right.
1: this. And I still think Baylor will be a factor uh, later this year. But right now, I mean, Missouri is uh, clearly the better team. And so um, I, I think that, you know, again, sweeping sweeping Baylor, which is a team that I, I thought is, is a, a pretty likely Omaha candidate heading into the year, I um, mean a strong contender for that. Agreed. Um, to me, that was that was impressive. And Long Beach State, John, uh, to me has been probably the most impressive team, uh, you know, as far as what they've accomplished. I, I put I'd stack their resume up with Arizona State's resume, and and you know, talent-wise, no, Arizona State I think has more talent, uh, and they're you know 22 and one. So obviously you're not going to jump Long Beach over Arizona State. Uh, I I argue today that you know maybe Long Beach could be number three in this in these rankings because. Really, I mean, they've swept four straight series now. They're beating really good teams. They're eight and two against the top twenty-five. Uh, they're shutting down these teams like UCLA. They pretty much dominated this series. They're scoring runs. They swept Southern Cal last weekend. A Southern Cal team which just beat Arizona. But just the they're just
0: starting to score the runs, and now that they're scoring runs, they yeah. are really uh, a hard, to talk, a very hard team to handle.
1: They, they've taken series from teams like Rice and Wichita State. I mean, it's it's such an impressive schedule. They're sixteen and three, um, and and you know. The thing that sticks out to me, I guess, was back in the fall when San Diego played these guys for three games in that fall World Series and in got their point. butts kicked. The thing that those guys told me was these guys are really, really good. I mean, this this could be the best team I've ever seen. And and, and the talent still doesn't leap off the the page at you, John. But it's just they're so they're such a good team. Just, well, it's clearly
0: not all about talent. I mean, right. uh, preseason rankings. Our preseason rankings do have a whole lot more to do with talent than other rankings do, and I, I like the way we do it, but. Um, well, you know, we we also, you got to perform high. We did, obviously, yeah, we did you did, But you have to perform, and that's the difference right now between Long Beach State and UCLA UCLA has talent, talent's not performing, period wow. It's not getting her done And Long Beach State has talent, maybe not sick pro talent, but they do have talent And it got like Jonathan Jones, their center fielder they, 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 Early in the year, Aaron, when we were looking at their numbers, they were averaging four runs a game They were not getting it done offensively. Guys like T.J. Middlestad still aren't getting it done. I mean, he's 8 for 50 this year.
1: Big hit this weekend. He
0: did have a big hit this weekend. So he came through. I believe that offense, the thing is their identity is pitching and defense. So like what you said, it's a great point we talked about in the preseason meeting as well, not on the podcast, but in our meeting, about Long Beach State. You brought that up as well, that San Diego was really, really impressed with Long Beach State's offense and their ability to score. If they're going to score, they're going to score runs and hit the ball and – Put together competitive at-bats like they did this weekend against UCLA. This is an Omaha team. And they haven't been to Omaha in 10 years. This team looks like it's ready to break through that. Um, So a huge weekend, I think, for Long Beach State. And they just have been – it's more than one huge weekend. It's a 16-3 start against an incredibly competitive schedule. And uh, that's the impressive part. And they could have been ahead of uh, where they are now at number five. They could have ranked higher. There's no doubt.
1: Now, but, I mean, as far as on the uh, the flip side of the coin here in UCLA, we – we talked about them at some length in the meeting today, John, uh, uh, with, with some passion as well, I think, because this is a team that we went out on a limb for in the preseason. We ranked them number one because we did believe in their talent. I still do believe in their talent, but they. the point that you made that I think is very valid today is that uh, this we're just not seeing it on the field, plain and simple. They haven't played all that impressive of a schedule, uh, really, considering they're on the West Coast and how many good teams are out there. They don't have a lot of real quality wins.
0: They, they really don't.
1: Um, you know, I mean, where. Where are the results with, with UCLA? Right now, we're just not seeing it. And, and so to go out there this weekend and just get dominated, although you know they, they, they should have probably won that second they game. They competed in one game. And, and you know the first game it was one bad inning for Tim Murphy, and then that seemed like that was it. Uh, and then you know it, it's just a disappointing weekend, uh, a disappointing start to this season. But you know they started out even worse than this last year, John. They were they did well, eight and fourteen, I believe. At they one did. Point. The big and, excuse and, and they last year. Super
0: their excuse last year was a good excuse, Jermaine Curtis. I buy the excuse. They didn't have Jermaine Curtis. He was their igniter at the top of the lineup. Yeah. What is their excuse this year? And so that's, that's the way thats, that's the, way the way to frame way. it. I mean, what is their excuse this year? I mean, I'd be curious to
1: hear that from them.
0: Well, there's none. I mean, I, I don't see it. I don't. I don't, I don't there's not an obvious one. I would love to hear about what it is. Their main excuse is, you know, Brandon Crawford's gotten hot now. He's still hitting two seventy one, but he's their fourth leading hitter. I mean, it's just not... A they've team got, that's gotten, getting it done offensively, whether it's no matter who it is, they're not getting. They're hitting 255. They've
1: got one guy hitting over 300, and it's Alvin Carrithers.
0: They have a sub 400 slugging percentage as a team. Uh, if Gabe Cohen doesn't go deep, they don't go deep. Uh, it's just a, right now. It's a bad team. Uh, they don't have any good wins, and, uh, and Kevin Love is not walking through that door. You know, <laughs> uh, and that's uh, you know, Darren is not walking through that door right now for UCLA. So we banged them down to 23. Um, and they've earned it. They've earned uh, that antipathy. As we like, as uh, we get like it to done say, on the field.
1: As we like to say around here, John, UCLA is on notice. And they are on notice. Unless they, they turn this thing around in a hurry, they're going to be out of the top 25, from, from preseason number one to out of the top 25.
0: It took UCLA uh, a lot. Of, people like to rag on us for ranking uh, Georgia Tech a lot, and we used to get a lot of uh, – which, of course, we don't have them ranked this year. We used to get a lot of heat for ranking UC, uh, Georgia Tech too high, um, and in 2001 when they had Mar- Mark Teixeira, they had Victor Mennecal, Jr., they had uh, Rhett Parrott, and they had all these kind of guys. Uh, uh, I forget the other pitcher's name. Steve Kelly, that's him. They had all these guys uh, who were big-time uh, recruits, and they just fell on their face. It took them 62 games to fall from number one to out of the poll. They went 0-2 in the regional, 2-Q, uh, and, and fell out of the ranking. They had been preseason number one. Um, and that was a team that had Mark Teixeira, not who's slightly better than Brandon Crawford, slightly better than anybody on, on UCLA's team. It um, took them all year to fall from one to out. I, UCLA is on the way to doing that right now, and it's uh, it's disappointing to see talent uh, being wasted because we didn't do that ranking because of one or two scouts or because of what we saw. We did that because every coach we talked to and every scout we talked to, opposing coaches, guys at USA Baseball, yada, yada, every source that we respect and whose opinion we hold in uh, high esteem, with very few exceptions, but m- almost every source said this is a legitimate Omaha team. They're loaded. And then when we match them up on paper, they looked as good or better than every team in the country. And it's not happening for them right now. And they've got time. They've only played 18 games to make us look better. But right now, they're making us look pretty bad. And more than that, slightly more important than that, they're making themselves look bad. Uh, 10 and H is not going to cut it. Especially, they better play better in the Pac-10. Yeah. The Pac-10, we've talked about it all year, is outstanding. That's why Cal series this weekend is so impressive to go on the road, win two out of three against a uh, Washington State team that have just gone on the road and won three out of four at Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, Washington State's good. Uh, USC is good. So the Trojans take two out of three from Arizona. Uh, Arizona is good. We know Arizona State is good. Oregon State has all their tomfoolery from the weekend where they lose two weekend uh, players. Uh, George Reyes, and who was the other player? Got John Wallace. And John Wallace, are starting center fielder was a starter in the outfield for them, both get suspended for the weekend. They still go beat Pepperdine. I think that woke up Oregon State a little bit. Maybe. Um, so this league is loaded, and if UCLA doesn't wake up, they're going to get buried. And they're not going to make regionals. They're not even not going to have a chance like Georgia Tech did to redeem a season in regionals, that 2001 Georgia Tech team. If they don't wake up, they're not going to make it to regionals because the Pac-10, as good as, as it is, is not going to get six or seven teams. It's just not going to happen. You and I know it, yeah. even though it has seven or eight regional caliber teams. If you ask me the best 64 teams in the country, I really do think eight of the Pac-10's nine baseball teams are, are in that mix. I agree with uh, you. I think Washington State is one of the best. I think Washington is the only team I would say that's not. So UCLA needs to pick it up. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've got Stanford and Cal. We've got five Pac-10 teams ranked. And the one-, one of the ones that we don't have ranked is USC, which just beat Arizona, now number six. Uh, This weekend, two out of three. So it's a Baseball America podcast. He's Aaron. I'm John. We're waxing a little bit long. Let's take some email, Aaron, at the Baseball America podcast inbox with another big series this weekend. Florida. Florida Gators first-year coach Kevin O'Sullivan getting the job done. Florida debuts in our rankings this week for the first time at number 24 after winning three out of four games against ranked teams this week. Florida State once and then two games out of three at Ole Miss, and the Ole Miss loss was a ninth-inning rally by the Rebels uh, in support of Lance Lentz. So a big weekend for Florida. And Brian at U of F asks, are we surprised by the success of the Gators this year? What are your thoughts on some of the young guys like Tommy Toledo and Josh Adams? Aaron Fitt.
1: Well, I mean, the young guys have really been the key for them. And Josh Adams is where it starts, the freshman second baseman, who comes right in and, and hits cleanup. Freshman utility
0: knife, basically, now settling in at the second there, base.
1: Exactly. Yeah, he's played everywhere that they needed him to play. And, and uh, you know, He's just one of those guys who's not flashy, but he just gets it done, and that's kind of the character of this team so far. Uh, you know. And, and Tommy Toledo is another guy who's been pitching on Saturdays. He's just a real competitor. That's what sets him apart more than anything. His stuff is solid, but yep. uh, it's, it's the fact that he's been able to come in and, and show some poise as a freshman, uh, pitching on weekends for Florida. I mean, you know, th- this team is, uh, again, I don't think that this team is going to overwhelm you with talent. Uh, I think that they will in in a year or two once Sully I mean, gets his guys in there. They do
0: have talent. I mean, they, 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 they are talent. I mean, Cole Figueroa was a single digit pick. I mean, Tommy Toledo was an inside third round right. pick. They do have talent. It is the University of Florida. I mean, yeah. it shouldn't be that hard. Even their extra guys are probably good guys. I mean, it's just the University of Florida. And,
1: and, I, and I really like Billy Bullock as well. I mean, yep. they've, they've got they've got. You're right. They've got lots of, they, they, they have they're of talent. They're not loaded.
0: They're not loaded, but they do have talent. I think the key here, like you you mentioned, they got an impact freshmen. Let's, let's talk for a second about the Jack Leggett coaching tree. Now Jack Leggett has done a – first of all, let's talk about Jack Leggett for a minute, the coach at Clemson. Um, t- for Number one, he took over for a legend in Bill Wilhelm. And most of the time, the programs drop off when a legendary coach leaves. In all sports, not at Clemson, Jack Leggett's actually taken them to greater heights. And they haven't won a national championship. That's really all that Jack Leggett hasn't done at Clemson. Um, but the Clemson program's always good. Uh, Tim Corbin, spawn of Jack Leggett, <laughs> great coach at Vanderbilt. Now Kevin O'Sullivan, spawn of Jack Leggett, great coach, great debut as a head coach, 17-4 and four at Florida. How about John Pulowski, another guy? How about Keith LeClaire, the late Keith LeClaire, a tremendous human being uh, who uh, was a tremendous player at Western Carolina for Jack Leggett and a great coach at East Carolina? How about Todd Raleigh, now the coach of Tennessee? Right. So how about... Uh, fully, uh, three out of your 12, uh, you know, SEC coaches. By my calculation, that's 25% of your SEC coaches coach under Jack Leggett and Raleigh Osullivan and Tim Corbin, and they're all doing great jobs. I think that uh, it's a big picture. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to bring the big picture to college baseball. Big picture. Jack Leggett, hell of a coach of players, but also of other coaches, and all three of his uh, and, and Pulowski as well. Uh, the College of Charleston team is scoring a billion runs. But those three coaches that he has in the SEC, his three coaching alumni, um, are they do it the right way. Their teams compete hard. It's really impressive, I think. Really, frankly, nothing as good as Jack Leggett's teams have been at Clemson. I think that reflects as well or better on Jack Leggett than anything he's done. The guys who've coached for him, their teams coach like Jack Leggett. and they and they and they've done it in the SEC. It's just so impressive he, for me to look you know, at to John, pull back he, from
1: that way. He does a great job imbuing that New England work ethic into his guys, <laughs> and it helps that several of those guys are New Englanders. So I'm going awesome. to get the plug in for those guys. That's
0: awesome. And, and and the other thing is that Kevin O'Sullivan, best tan in college baseball, <laughs> that goes without saying. It's the Baseball America podcast, and we've got questions in the podcast inbox at uh, podcast of Baseball America. Uh, Aaron Luke Goode, uh, who has a great email address, Baseball America twelve. At yahoo.com is his email address. Luke wants to know, with no regard to pro potential, who's the best pitcher in college baseball today? Who would you want on the mound in the ninth inning of a College Series finals? Gorgon, Gilmet, Crow, other? In the ninth inning, that's a tougher call because it's basically like, that's almost like which closer do you want? I, I might have picked Jason Jarvis before, but he's no longer eligible. Zing. Um, you know, in the ninth inning, I might, uh, yeah, the-, the case could be made, Aaron, that for both your starter and your closer in that question, you'd want someone named Gorgon. You could you, you absolutely you, make you could that make case. that case for Scott and for Matt Gorgon I'm gonna make the case for starter for Aaron Crow though and uh, Aaron uh, showing why he's a great employee uh, learning for, uh, not learning but uh, adjusting as the season goes on so after you know, I say you know try to include some more season stats in the tracker Aaron includes Aaron Crow's season stats in the tracker and listen to Aaron Crow's season stats 5 and0 1.03, 35 innings, seven walks, 51 strikeouts. He's got pro potential. He's got present stuff. He's got polish. Aaron Crow is my pick for best pitcher in college baseball, regardless of. Pro, he's performing and he's the best pro prospect for me. I'd take Aaron Crow over all these jokers. You know what's
1: amazing, John, is is the fact that these two pitchers. I think that coming into the year were the consensus. You know that the two guys who were almost unanimous first team All American choices by the scouting directors, Aaron Crow and Brian Mattis, Correct. have absolutely lived up to expectations. Uh, I mean, if you look at Brian Mattis' number, he's now 4-1. and one. Keep in mind he had that hiccup against San Diego State where he got hammered.
0: But 16 strikeouts this weekend.
1: Right, it's, which he ties Kyle Blair's record that he just set last weekend. Uh, and, and it's funny because as soon as that happened, awesome. Eric Valenzuela, the uh, pitching coach at San Diego, texted me at about 11.30 at night on a Sunday and said, Kyle Blair just set this strikeout record, and Mattis is jealous. He wants it. <laughs> Lo and behold, John, within a week, Mattis equals the mark. I think that's a pretty neat story.
0: That is very neat. But, Sounds uh, like a
1: strike. Maybe. But Mattis, uh, 4-1, 227 ERA, 55 strikeouts, 12 walks in 36 innings. Both these guys are really, really getting it done. I don't think it could go wrong with either of those guys. I have been saying all year that I think Scott Gorgon is the best pitcher in college baseball. Uh, that still might be the case, but boy, when you've got these two elite draft guys who are also performing pretty much at the, the same level, uh, it's, it's pretty impressive.
0: It is really impressive. Those two guys, uh, to me, uh, to live up to the hype, that's hard to do. And uh, but I think I think you've mentioned uh, three of the top guys. You just did a Preston Gilmet feature in our latest issue that was also online at BaseballAmerica.com last week for subscribers, and uh, he's certainly in the, discru- in the discussion. I think if I had to take uh, one guy, I think I would take Aaron Crow, but I, I love the Gorgon's angle. I,
1: I don't think that there's there's any pitcher uh, whose, whose competitiveness and poise and uh, um, fortitude, I think, sure. I, I like more than, than what Scott Gorgon has shown. I mean, what he's done on a big stage to me, uh, if I need a big game pitcher, that's the guy I'm going to take.
0: Certainly, I don't think you could go wrong with Scott Gorgon. Uh, one more podcast question, as the podcast rolls on, then we'll wrap it up uh, here at BaseballAmerica.com. Uh, Joe Locates, our Steady Podcast emailer, asked about Southern Cal. Uh, we keep on the West Coast. If, actually, do you want to take the Southern Cal question or do you want to take the Gordon Beckham question? Mm-hmm. Which do you want to take here? Let's
1: take the Southern Cal question.
0: Okay, I think that's a little bit more college. I think that, uh, Joe, I think your Gordon Beckham question is more of a draft question. He is a top ten pick for for my take right now. The guy just keeps on hitting Nothing and he can stay discussion. in the middle of the diamond. I mean, that's what, what more do you want? Uh, with USC taking th- two of three from Arizona this weekend, what are your thoughts on the team at this point? Young and inconsistent, but the talent level is certainly there. Are they gathering steam for next year? Are they coming together now and becoming a team to watch out for? Um, he also asked a little bit about Grant Green. I do think the bulky back uh, affecting Grant Green. Um, you know, But to me, Aaron, uh, Southern Cal is an impressive season. They really have one bad weekend. but I, We've talked about them earlier going on the road and sweeping uh, teams like uh, Winthrop and Florida International. Not yeah. great teams, but good programs generally. Yeah. And they went on the road to win both those cross-country series cross-country. Trips, is yeah. tough. And now they win 2-3 against Arizona. I do I guess, to me, just more evidence of what we talked about earlier, how just how good the Pac-10 is. It is sick how good that league is.
1: Yeah, it really is. And, and, and you know, Southern Cal is, is a team that has uh, they have plenty of pitching. I think that we've been talking all year long about pitching depth and how important that is. Southern Cal's got it. And, and, and this weekend they got really good starts from guys like Tommy Malone and, and Ryan, Ryan Cook was outstanding in yep. uh, a complete game uh, shutout, I believe. Um, you know, I mean, hell, it's not—it's not, it's not easy to shut out Arizona. That team—it hasn't been done in almost forty years. Yeah, the back-to-back back
0: shutouts was uh, startling, frankly. That was really startling to see yeah. that uh, USC did that. That's a
1: heck of an offense that Arizona has. So, uh, give those guys a ton of credit. And, and you know what? I, I like—I uh, like USC's talent on, on both sides of the ball. I mean, um, you know, they can
0: hit. they're—they're they're, they're hitting better this year. I mean. Uh, And Nick Buss has slumped a little bit. He got off to a great start this year. But Hector uh, Abago, they really liked his recruit. And uh, uh, Robert Stock starting to really come through. You know, I'm a Mike Roscoff fan. He's really just a part-time DH guy uh, kind of guy. But I think the story for them really is pitching, and uh, they've pitched well this year. Uh, The the, the three starters, uh, Malone, Cook, and Kevin Kucher, have been great. And, uh, you know, they're doing this without Brad Boxberger, who's a little banged up. So that's the that's real surprise to me. I, what I'm looking forward to seeing is as they get into Pac-10 play, uh, UCLA, I mean, USC is going to have to find a closer. Um, you know, last year, the last couple of years, Paul Koss has been so good for them in that role. Who will fill that role for USC? I'm sure that's a question that their new pitching coach, Tom House, is asking. But right now, in the Pac-10, you have these two first-year pitching coaches uh, whose roots are really more in pro ball. Who are doing a great job, Tom House, and then Jeff Austin at Stanford. These two alumni coming back to their alma maters and both doing a good job, and that's a reason why both those teams are a regional caliber teams. So,
1: you know, and I think I think answer to answer your question, my hunch is that Stock will be the guy who fills that role. So far, I think uh, so too. Through four appearances, he's been lights out. I think He's only given up one hit, uh, you know, no walks, eight strikeouts. So. Um, you know he he, he could be the, the buster Posey on the west coast i mean that would be awesome uh, we could have two of the best you know potentially more two of the best closers in the country also being starting catchers
0: that would be actually awesome if Robert stock and uh, Buster Posey both were in Omaha as catcher slash closers uh, it 's the baseball america podcast he 's aaron i 'm john let 's wrap it up Aaron with uh, one other storyline i guess um this weekend uh for i guess the big question uh, uh toward the back of our ranking was what to who whom to rank, whom not to rank. Who were some of the teams that we thought about bringing in and didn't, and uh, maybe why they why didn't we? I, mean, I guess uh, you, uh, Oklahoma State was a team that was in that mix. Yeah. Who else, I guess, is it kind of in that mix for you?
1: Well, I mean, Oklahoma State was a team I really wanted to bring in. I wanted to rank the team that won that Oklahoma State-Texas A&M series. Uh, we only had two spots open this week in, in Florida, to me, having uh, gone on the road to beat Ole Miss. They beat Florida State midweek last weekend. They swept Auburn. 5-1 in, in conference, 17-4 and four for all. Florida, to me, has just had the more impressive season. I think Oklahoma State, um, you know, has, has been good as well. And, and, and talent-wise, I really like those guys. Uh, I, I would love to bring them in. We, we talked about potentially right. dropping Michigan down, even though they won the only game they played this week. We decided to leave them at 25 for another week. So Oklahoma State, to me, is that extra team, that tough luck team that didn't get ranked. Oregon State, to me, also in the mix. Uh, you know, we, they're still just 9-7 and seven overall. but they did, Very impressive weekend for them, though. Yeah, they did beat Pepperdine this weekend, two out of three. And, you know, last week they won two out of three games that they played last week as well. So
0: Tough week uh, for the Waves, one in three week for the Waves, which yeah. I, think, I think we think is, a, again, also a regional caliber team, absolutely. Um, for me, UNC Wilmington is that team to watch, and you uh, wrote a, a strike about it last weekend. The, the CAA, I think, is competitive. I think the CAA is strong at the top. A lot of solid teams. Uh, but right now, UNC Wilmington is separating itself from the pack. There, they're nine and zero in the com- in Conference USA, not Conference USA, I and mean Colonial. Uh, they swept William and Mary this weekend. They're scoring a ton of runs. Uh, usually, a team that's more of a pitching-oriented team. They've won 16 straight games. Uh, the caliber of competition has been solid, not spectacular. Uh, started off lesser, but now, not, none I'm of those games impressed. are conference.
1: I'm not that impressed. with the caliber of competition, frankly. I mean, teams. None are... of
0: those games are conference. That's all I can say. That, that's I, they've played Hofstra, which is not that great. Right. Uh, those Hofstra. What's the guy's name again? Who was on our freshman All-America team? Not they can hit. The poets. They can hit a little bit. Hofstra can hit a little bit. Um, women and Mary have been playing pretty well. They beat Coastal in a midweek game, but uh, we we diverge on Coastal Carolina as well. I'm, I think I'm more impressed with Coastal I, Carolina. I'm mean, I mean,
1: I'm impressed with Coastal Carolina as well. I mean, I. But just, one, you
0: can't hang your series, your season on one victory. Cer- certainly, you cannot do that. Uh, to quote uh, Michael Gillespie. But you know, De- Delaware is Delaware. Hard to know what to make of Delaware. So I think that's another series win. No, no, that's Old Dominion. Thank you, uh, Internet, for making me look stupid. But uh, I-, I like UNCW. I like their program, their study program. Oh, it's Towson. Fordham and
1: Towson, I mean.
0: But, yeah, the conference ones are Towson and then Hofstra. So uh, 16 wins is 16 wins for me. I like it. any t-
1: a team that g- in baseball wins 16 games in a row. That's hard to do. You know what? I mean, See Kentucky. Central Florida won a lot of games in a row. And then this weekend, the first real challenge they had, they, they lose a series to Southern Miss. So that's right. The biggest I, challenge I, I they had, they lost. You're right. Teams, quality wins for me, John. That's what it's all about. Quality wins. That's a, that's a good point. It's hard to, it's hard to
0: uh, go against that, especially at uh, March Madness time. Uh, you know, A lot of teams that had quality wins are in the tournament, and some that didn't have quality wins uh, were left out. And uh, So we just want to remind you there's college baseball going on. Uh, at the same time, as college basketball, and it inflames passion's uh, as well, uh, around here at Baseball America. That's what we're all about. Aaron, great podcast as always. Thanks for all the great podcast questions. You send those in to us at podcasts at baseballamerica.com, and we'll read them and answer them. So for Aaron Fit, I'm John May. Until next week, so long, everybody.